Hello, welcome to End Goals, an LCMS Youth Ministry podcast. I'm host Reverend Mark Kiesling, and I'm with DCE Juliana Schultz. We are here to bring parents, church workers, and lay leaders discussions and resources to help your youth ministry meet its end goal, which is young people who are disciples of Jesus Christ for life. Today, we're going to talk about some of the big what-ifs when it comes to the gathering. We pray that everything in your gathering experience goes exactly how you planned it. Your flights take off on time, your bus gets great gas Mm -hmm. mileage, everyone's happy with your food stops, the hotel's fantastic, you and your group encourage and engage one another in God's word, and so many other wonderful things happen. But we know that it's the job of a youth leader to anticipate that things are going to go wrong, right? Mm -hmm. Because almost always, at least one of those things is going to go a little wrong. So it's important for us to plan what you hope will happen, but then also plans B and C and F and And Z, Mm -hmm. right, for all the different potential so that you are prepared. Yes, and certainly know some of those resources the gathering have as well. So this podcast is going to explore a few of the what ifs and see if we can give you some answers. While we won't go over every possibility, we choose these because they should give you a sense of what supports may out be out there and for you and your group. And we also want to know that you are not alone in helping your group navigate some maybe the bumps, big and small, in your experience <laughs> at the LCMS Youth Gathering. Yeah, so let's start with a, uh, an easy one, Mark. What if my travel doesn't go to plan and I can't make it to registration? Yes, good question. So that could be maybe a flight delay due to weather or other schedules. It could be... You know, we hear it, fat, flat tires along the way, oh, some man. sort of travel thing that happens. Yeah. And so definitely we have a contingency plan in place. So on-site registration is open at the convention center on Friday, June 8th, from 1 to 5 o'clock, along with orientations taking place too, of course. And then on Saturday, June 9th, from 8 a.m. to 6 p.m., again, at the convention center. So we want primary adult leaders to make every effort to get to registration, to get wristbands, backpacks, and everything you need from us. So even when it's getting close to that time, please come to registration. It's going to make things a lot simpler than trying to do it in the morning and just getting the mass events. But we get it. Sometimes it may be really pushing later into the time and you need to go straight to Minute Maid Park because we also want to get that orientation too. So if you do need to go straight to Minute Maid Park in time for the opening mass event, doors open at 7.30, event starts at 8.30, we will have a place where you can get a temporary wristband for you and your group. This will get you into that first mass event, and then you can finish registration Sunday morning at the convention center. Yeah, so we have some contingencies if you mm-hmm. need to, to make sure that you make it into that first mass event, if all possible, and then you're able to to kind of get on and come back and, and yes, get we, registered we later. We don't want you missing the mass event. And, right. yeah, so, and, we, and we, we don't want to miss the mass event either. So we do want to close right. registration down right. at some point so that yeah, people can yeah. get over to Minute Maid Park um, sure. and do that. So, yeah, so that that's uh, kind of how we play that. But we w- definitely want you to be there and enjoy that first evening. Right. Okay. Now, this one is one that we know most adults want to make sure they at least have a sense of what the right answer is here. Mm-hmm. We hope, again, that this doesn't happen. But right. what if I have a medical emergency? Yeah, I think two things that would would you know, say right off the bat, you know, again, generally you're going to have cell phones with you, you know, multiple cell phones in your group. So if you have a medical emergency, particularly outside of one of the facilities, so outside of George R. Brown or Minute Maid Park, call 911. So Discovery Green, that's a 911 area, call 911, you know, your hotel room too, but also notify, you know, like the hotel front desk that's happening as well. But let's talk a little bit about the facility. So if you can imagine, or if you've been to a gathering, you know this, if you have not, these are huge facilities. So they warn us on up front, like it's not helpful to call 911 
and say, I'm at the convention center. Because <laughs> that could be a lot yeah, of different places. 30 entrances. I mean, it's two blocks long or block long. So that's not helpful. So really, so George R. Brown actually has a phone number that they want you to call. So if you put that in your cell phone, I might just have that as an emergency number. It's 813-853-8087. Again, 813-853-8087. Of course, too, we have plenty of volunteers around of our own, of the gathering. But then there's also mm-hmm. EMT folks around or, or building staff that you'll want to find if there's one close by to be able to kind of know where you're at and be able to get those additional supports. Same way at Minute Maid Park, there are going to be plenty of ushers, our own volunteers mm-hmm. that will be able to, again, you'll be able to contact and then they can flag emergency procedures as well and people that are in the area. We've got EMTs there. We've got ambulances at the facilities. So again, just keep that in mind. You're in a huge facility, so you want to be able to narrow as quickly as possible where you're at as well as access the resources that we have on site. Yeah. And if it is an emergency, or I'm sorry, if it is not an emergency, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh, look at your app or your guidebook, find the location of the first aid stations. There are first aid stations both at at GRB and at Minute Maid Park that you can access if you can get to those. Maybe it's a little less intense, but you still want to get it looked at. There are some places that you could do that. If you have either of those situations, emergency or not, if you have any questions, you should always contact the helpline, right? right? We have a helpline. They're there to help you navigate any additional needs you might have. So, and the great thing is those are on your wristband too. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. you get into this situation, you're like, ah, this is this is something I'm not sure what I'm supposed to do here. The helpline is going to be able to get you there. And, and even if you do get to the help, it's always good to maybe to let the call the helpline and let them know something has happened right, as well. Right, because then that can connect you with other resources that we have through the gathering as well. But again, if you've got that immediate emergency, you know, 911, yes, yes. GRB, first. those things, yes. first, first to do that if there's an emergency. Absolutely. Absolutely. And this is one of the reasons that we ask to make sure that you have your medical release yep. and information forms for everyone in your group, including your adults. This helps ensure that should something happen, not Oh, we have the authority and the ability to get people the care that they need as quickly as possible. Mm-hmm. And we assume that you're going to do that with the connection of adult and guardians back home. But really, I, you know, sometimes people ask, like, why do we need adults yeah. to do that, too? Like, if I pass yeah. out and I'm unconscious, I can't give right. consent to get care. And certainly people will help get care. But it's really important for us to have both the liability release form find and the medical information form in order to get that care fast. Yeah, we just had a m- about a month out meeting with our medic services at the convention center. They were very happy to hear how we do this and that youth will be carrying these adults will be carrying these well as well as having carrying adults with the youth too to facilitate that they were very happy to hear that that's our process because that can just make things quicker when there needs to be a response of some sort yeah all right mark this is one that is a question we've been asking for probably the last two years <laughs> and we'll continue to ask for a little bit longer what happens if i start showing some symptoms of covid yeah great question great question so we've recently updated the faqs on the, the gathering website for that type of thing you know and looking at what's been going on in other events and just best practices that are happening whether it was in houston or other places so essentially just kind of a couple of things that we suggest is one we would recommend whether it's you know just asking the individual participants of your group or facilitate this yourself is make sure you bring COVID tests with you. Um, Whether that's just you ask one to bring one of their home tests, whatever it is, do that so that you can administer a COVID test if you need to, if someone is feeling those symptoms. If no test is available, probably assume, probably good to maybe quarantine the person in their hotel room. Know that that's kind of the responsibility of the individual group. So you might be able to get an additional room at your hotel by asking the front desk, but really you'll have to kind of move your folks around, make that available so you quarantine uh, that person that is not feeling well or who has maybe tested positive. Again, should never leave a youth alone at the hotel. Make sure you keep an adult leader with them. Uh, through the process, but uh, make sure that they're uh, taken care of and, and uh, have someone to respond and help help them in that way. Um, 
couple things that we also would say certainly keep in mind. You don't need to give any specifics. You might ask that you tell your gathering ambassador that's at your hotel if it's a hotel situation, just so we kind of know, keeping tabs on that. Don't need to give any certainly private information or anything like that, but just so that we kind of are keeping tabs. Make sure you call the parent or guardian of the person who might be sick. And then Price is something speed thinking too, is that maybe your group as you go out into the event, be wearing masks maybe just to protect others and protect themselves too. We expect too, depending on where COVID's at, wear a mask at the gathering. That may be a natural uh, piece that you'll be doing. Your kids will feel more comfortable doing that. That's completely fine to do that. I and mean, certainly we just have to keep up in mind too. You know, reach out to the helpline, get assistance. We're getting the, the listing of places in downtown that provide testing as well. So we have that as support. And then we'll be able to help through the helpline with just kind of some basic support that you might need too. Yeah, it's certainly something that we'll continue to keep an eye on, continue to watch, continue to make sure that we can make an event as safe as possible. And we do want to encourage, you know, if you have young people and they are showing symptoms to please do isolate, you know, make sure that they're not coming into event space and, mm-hmm. and, and potentially spreading that around to other folks and just being conscientious of that. And, and if that does happen, we do have ways for them to interact both, yeah. you know, Bible studies that they can, can watch in their room. We have mass events that they can watch from their room and other ways in which we can can keep them connected to the event should should that need to be something that you guys do so we got all maybe some of the medical stuff now mm-hmm. plenty of other medical mm-hmm. stuff that could potentially go wrong again you, you want to contact the helpline they can they can connect you to folks or connect you to the right people to be able to navigate some of that but also you know there's always a certain number of young mm-hmm. people they come to an event like this it's it's intense they're listening to speakers mm-hmm. who might touch on topics that are particularly sensitive to them and and so they might have some issues of struggle or crisis or in conversation with adult leaders share some things that are going on in their lives that, that might need some extra support. So what if I have a student in my group who has a struggle or crisis needs some extra support? Yeah, this is, again, I think one of the things that makes me just so happy for some of our volunteer groups and stuff that we have at the youth gathering. I think it's a, a great level of support that we give to you as an adult leader, but then also our youth that attend. So if you contact the helpline and kind of let them know the situation, they will be able to connect you with one of two really important teams that we have at the gathering. One is our care team and another is our crisis team. And so they're able to provide specific type of care or general care too, but maybe around the level of the time needed or the intensity of what's happening is kind of what they'll be looking at in terms of what kind of support they might give you. Uh, the care team, they're ambassadors. Uh, they provide really high quality spiritual, social, and emotional care. Uh, they can provide assistance to you as an adult leader if you're maybe just walking through some situations in your group or certainly to youth too when needs might arrive. And this might just be some group struggles or you know just maybe some less significant emo- emotional struggles too or just kind of want maybe someone for some advice or someone to pray with you about an extra uh, special situation that's happening with your group. Even like I, I just have loved to hear these groups to where when we've had maybe a medical emergency, these might be the type who might follow up with you and just see how you're doing. If there's mm-hmm. anything that they can do, anything the gathering can do to assist you, and maybe just walk you through some of the steps to, that you've checked some of those boxes. You're taking care of yourself, <laughs> those yeah, kind of things. Yeah. Uh, just as you're trying to administer to your young person who may have gone through a difficult situation that they're there to assist. The second team is what we're kind of calling the crisis team, really responding to these crises, doing something new this gathering, which is actually contracting 
counselors to come in and take on these roles. So that's really what they can focus on. These are trained professionals, really trained to maybe de-escalate or stabilize certain situations to maybe deal with some of those things that can happen at a gathering, like maybe notification of a death back home, maybe some legal issues that whatever might come up that they're really there to support you again as adult leaders. Those things, again, that those things you didn't plan for when yeah. you're prepping for a yeah. gathering and be able to help that. And they're, they are also, they're obligated to report any incidents in accordance with the mandatory reporting laws. And so that's one of the things too, and they can pro- provide referrals too. Um, and so that's just something that we thought was another level to add to gathering support, just as you're in a new city and a new location and that we're able there to support you as adult leaders, certainly the young people and their families, as well as they're away from home. Yeah. And so I, you last time when we, I happened to be in a situation where we were talking to an adult leader, a young person had gone to a session, that session had become particularly intense mm-hmm. for them. Mm-hmm. The adult leader had done a great job of, of having that conversation with that young person, but that they were feeling a little uncertain if they had taken the right approach, right. if they had asked the right questions. And so, you know, care team's great to step into that situation, talk with that adult leader, make sure that they feel like they've got their bases covered and, and that their, their next steps kind Mm -hmm. of help them plan those things out. And so care team can be really great for that. They're going to be all around walking around and, and deployed through the help, uh, helpline to be able to do that. And then, but that crisis is really key for, you know, you have a young person who comes in and, and says, Hey, you know, I'm really thinking about hurting myself. Mm -hmm. And that can be a really scary and intense thing for a youth leader to hear when you love those kids so deeply. And, and that crisis team is there to help walk with you, walk with that young person to make sure whatever the crisis, it doesn't have to mm-hmm. be that. It could be just, you know, hey, we've we've heard something's going on back home. We need to have that conversation. Crisis team is really great. These are both fantastic teams. We're so glad that we're able to use them with you. We do want you guys to utilize them. Don't yep. be afraid to, don't be walking in your own, right? Like, right. don't be afraid right. to use them for sure. All right. So those are some intense things. Mm-hmm. What about a slightly less intense yes. thing? What happens if I lose stuff. Oh, yes. You think teenagers will oh, lose they things, do. Mark? They do. And I just, this is, again, another thing I love about the gathering, like the back end, our event-based team with the helpline connected. I love hearing stories about how we had one adult leader who said we returned an item before the kid even knew it was missing. Like, that's, I just love stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> like it was yeah. found, got it back, connected to him um, because they had uh, marked it. That's one of the things I love about what we got kind of going on the, the back end of the youth gathering is our event base and helpline, helping uh, lost items get back to their rightful owners. And those, <laughs> that can be many and various things from phones to wallets to water bottles to sunglasses, the whole lot of things that come into lost We still have someone's event. iPhone from 2019. We, we do, we do. So, yeah, so if you're still looking for... For your iPhone from Minneapolis, email me. No, not really. They had no ident- no identifying markers. It could have been from another event for all we know. Yeah. Uh, no one claimed it. So yeah, so we have one to save some steps. You might be able to call if it's been cataloged appropriately. You can actually call the helpline and ask for, they do have ways to search that and see if it's been turned in. But if you want to go to the physical lost and found office, we do have that at the convention center, primarily Sunday through Tuesday. And that's at show office lobby D. So what that means is like across the concourse from hall D on the main level at GRB at George R. Brown Convention Center. We'll move those items over to Minute Maid Park on the last day on Wednesday, and those will be at the main info booth, which will be on the main concourse, kind of sections near sections 111, 112 at Minute Maid Park. If we have too many items, we may not be able to get them all over. You still might have to go over to Convention Center, but we're going to try it as best as can, move those items over to Minute Maid Park so they're available for you on your way out. But that's just one of those things that we try to provide. We're amazed at how honest our kids are in turning things in, just yeah. what gets found. It's so it's so fun. We have some things even back in the office. Sometimes we're able to connect with owners when they get back to us and just the overjoy that people have for some really treasured objects sometimes that get back to them because our kids are so honest and turn them in. So I, I love it. When, when you have people hear this, like in our, our areas with like event staff or maybe building staff, 
And when they hear that, like, wallets are being turned in with money in them, yeah. <laughs> just like, these kids are amazing. Like, yes, they are. Yes, they yeah. are. Honest kids that want to help out their neighbors. So we'd love, love to hear that. And we do want to be sure, like, these are teenagers, and many of them maybe haven't traveled uh, mm-hmm. independently uh, before. Uh, reminds them of safe places to keep their wallets. Yeah. <laughs> reminds right. them of, of just being safe as they walk around and making sure that they're not just throwing cash in the front pocket of their backpack and that kind of thing so that they don't lose things and reminding them of that but also uh, making sure that you do things like hey we in the media pack gave you a phone screen Uh, you can adapt that put uh, AL for adult leader and the phone number of the adult leader on that home screen phones are hard to get into now without a passcode without a, a face recognition and so if we can open up that home screen and have a number of an adult to call or someone to call we will try and make that call and track down the person whose phone it is that way that we can get it back to you as quickly as possible we know how many of you know, people use the app using text to mm-hmm. communicate we want to make sure to get that kind of stuff back to you as soon as possible joining us to talk about one of these what ifs is Reverend Sean Denzer. Reverend Denzer is the Director of Worship for the Office of National Mission and Chaplain for the International Center. He also helps direct our worship at the gathering. And so we asked him to come and talk a little bit about worship, but particularly about like, what if my youth are nervous about communion? Because on our Wednesday morning, we are going to have that divine service together. So thanks for jumping in here, Sean, and helping us answer some questions. My pleasure. So, Sean, what if my young people are nervous about communion? This is going to be a worship service that looks very different than what most of them are going to see on a Sunday morning, and yet kind of the same. <laughs> That's yeah. what they see on Sunday morning. It's exactly what the what the <laughs> gathering, the last mass event the night before, is really going to emphasize that. Just how it's amazing that the Lord is at work in the ordinary to do His extraordinary things for us, to give us His forgiveness and His life and His salvation. And that's what we get every single Sunday, wherever we are. But wherever we are never has 20,000 other youth and, and people packing out a stadium. And, and very few people worship in a stadium either. So, sure, sure. So, yeah, it's going to be different. There's lots of things to be nervous about. Be careful. Please don't walk slowly and don't fall. Yeah. Uh, but some people might even be nervous about having communion, too. As we mentioned to our adult leaders especially, we made kind of a difficult decision, but a, a usual decision and one we're at peace with, too. We're going to make use of the same way of distributing communion as we have at all the gatherings in the past. We're going to make use of beautiful chalices that are made for us by the Center for Liturgical Arts in Seward, Nebraska, at our Concordia College there. They're fantastic and they're beautiful. But it might be new for some people at their church, and it certainly is going to be new to be with so many people. And there's lots of reasons to be concerned. And of course, we have a brand new one for the last couple of years, right? The COVID thing. So yeah, I think it's worth having a discussion with your youth about for those who might not be familiar with taking from a common cup, it might be helpful to, to talk to them about it. And even the practical things like, how do I do it? It's it's very helpful if you reach out and, and grab the foot of the chalice or the foot of the cup so you don't touch the part where other people's mouths go, of course. Yeah. But you can help guide it to your mouth and make sure that there's no spills. That's very helpful to the to the pastor who's distributing. And people may have questions about, you know, is it is it a, a risky thing? Is it is it dangerous for me? Am I going to get sick? Am I going to die from this? I suppose the answer at some level is who knows yeah I, I can't control that but we know that this is probably one of the things that is worth the risk our Lord Jesus Christ promises life everlasting he said whoever believes in me will live even though he dies 
and whoever lives and believes in me in this way will never die, right? The promise that we look forward to is not just that the Lord will get us through every little inconvenience or trouble, or even that he's going to keep us from ever dying. If he comes again, none of us will die. But he promises that for all the rest of us, including those who've gone before us and died, he's going to raise us to life again. In fact, in a body that's new and glorious and free of all of its troubles, including all of its risks at the last day. That's what we believe and that's what we're trusting in. And I think to come with that kind of confidence is the best way to come to Holy Communion. The other thing I'd say is there are lots of reasons that people don't necessarily commune at every service. One, people might not believe the same thing, so they might not commune together at all. Others may have some reason. Maybe there's something that they they have not settled with their neighbor, and, and so they're not going to go to communion until that's taken care of. That's actually mentioned in the scriptures and is totally legitimate. Communion's different than baptism and even different than the Word of God that goes out totally free. It comes with a bit of a warning label, right? Paul, in 1 Corinthians 10 and 11, spends some time and even says, you know, I, I want you to examine yourselves. And so go on to eat the bread and drink the cup in the Lord's Supper. And, and, there, and it is possible, in fact, to eat and drink, not just to our uh, physical harm that we might actually get sick, but but as it talks about in 1 Corinthians 11, to eat and drink in a wrong way without believing what the Lord is giving or, or recognizing the purpose of it, which is higher than just uh, having a lunch or a snack. To, to eat and drink without that understanding is, in fact, to, to be spiritually damaging to ourselves. So, so all of this comes together, you know, for the question of what if I'm nervous for any reason of coming to the Lord's Supper? The truth is, no one here is going to judge you. You probably won't be the only person who ch- might choose not to have communion. And if you do, no one's going to judge you for that, I promise. And if you are not nervous or if you think through this and, and overcome that nervousness, by all means, come forward with a clean conscience and don't be worried. It, you can help counsel your youth participants if they're concerned at all or they're not going to commune, but they still would like to you know, continue in line and be with the rest of their friends and and be a part of the service. It's a very common thing to just uh, cross your arms like like an X across your chest, and that's a way of indicating I don't want to receive the sacrament, but I'd be glad to receive a blessing and a word of the Lord, and and the pastors will be more than happy to, to give that. Yeah, and so if you, you know some of you are bringing young people who have not necessarily been instructed and prepared for communion, and we certainly want them to come up for a blessing yeah. with your group, or you know have this conversation with your parents, with your student amongst your group, so that they're prepared for this. And and certainly if if you have concerns, you're welcome to come up and get that blessing as well, right? Absolutely, absolutely. Even, even though this is kind of how we've always done communion, we've got a few of these gatherings behind us that we've done this kind of communion before. We know with a pandemic and other concerns that can be really a hard decision for groups to make and, and a hard conversation. But we want you guys to be able to have the time and the energy to have that. We also know that, that it takes a lot of people <laughs> to commune the entire gathering. Where do those communion people who uh, assist with that, where do they come from and how might people get involved with that? That's a great question. It comes from the people who are attending the gathering. It comes from all the pastors who are over there with their groups, along with other adult leaders and, uh, and even youth volunteers that are able to help. So we're, we have registration open right now for those who would like to help be on a communion team. We especially need a pastor to help distribute the host, the body of, of Christ, and we'd love to have a male assistant to help also with the blood of Christ. 
And then we're also in need of, for each station, two volunteers, and these can be youth, they can be boys or girls, anybody, to help with the offering and also with ushering. That'd be a huge help to us. It is. I am so impressed. This is my first gathering behind the scenes, working with all the planners, and it is an incredible undertaking. And and you never think of maybe in your small congregation of a hundred people how hard communion would be. Well, I can look out and add a few more hosts, I suppose. Or even at a church with one or two thousand people on a Sunday, maybe it's Easter Sunday, right? And well, that's a little more work. Take that times 20, right? <laughs> yeah, it's, it takes a lot of logistics behind the scenes. Yeah, and, yeah. and, you know, as you think about that, please know that there will be yavs and ushers and people that will help direct you to where you need to be to make sure that you can get to the right stations and back to your seats effectively. It it runs very smoothly. I'm always so impressed. And it is a really fantastic thing for us to be able to do with a group this big and to celebrate that all together. I can't wait. Join us. All right, so one more question. Mm-hmm. What if I have other questions? <laughs> <laughs> what if I have a question or concern that I don't see in the app and I don't see in the guidebook and I haven't heard them talk about it yet and we're there and all of a sudden I just am lost. I don't know what's going on. Yeah, absolutely. So Helpline is a great source of information. Again, people being able to assist you with specific questions. If you get, again got maybe those emergencies or concerns, you're able to do that. They'll give you the information you need or can maybe connect you with someone who can help. Quest certainly your ambassador that that's in your hotel or when you get to the facilities that'll be around. They'll be in, in blue shirts, but with, with a little bit of a yellow flare. So he kind of knows that those that have gone through a little di- additional training. And then also our young adult volunteers, especially in certain contexts where they've been trained maybe for a specific area, they are a great wealth of information to be able to help you. And again, if they don't have the information, at least probably point you in the right direction. It might be on the app. They might be able to help you find it there or in the guidebook. But then also maybe if there's some changing things that they'll be able to point you where you need to go to find that information. Right, because the reality of the situation is that just as you make all of your perfect plans for your gathering experience Mm -hmm. and things don't always go quite as you planned, we have spent years planning this event and it will not go exactly as we've planned. And so Mm -hmm. sometimes there'll be information that will happen on the fly, some things Mm -hmm. that will adapt and change. We will do our very best to communicate those to you. But if there is confusion or something we missed, thanks for the grace on that and, and we have ways of making sure that you have the right communication there. We know that nobody really anticipates things going wrong, mm. but but it's important to have some things to, to think about as you are planning this event, right? So you're planning all sorts of contingencies. You're thinking through making sure you have all your medical forms, making sure that you've got home screens on all of those phones so they don't get lost. You're thinking about what happens if, if travel doesn't go quite as planned, but also you really can help yourself a lot by making sure that you have kind of some open and honest, trustworthy communication mm-hmm. with parents, right? The more that you can build that relationship and, and have that mutual respect and, and, and trust between them, the better that you're able to work together and partner with them to make sure that young person is cared for well. Lots of things are going to happen at the gathering and, and you're going to need to be able to relate that back to parents appropriately and make sure that parents can provide the right kind of support for their young people. We know that this is one of those things we talked about in our prep almost a year ago mm-hmm. <laughs> in how we communicate well with our parents while they're at the gathering. We know that they're going to be texting and calling and, and how can parents help support young people and then also making sure that you have open, honest communication with your youth as well. 
right? We want you to be able to be checking in with your teens every day, making sure they're doing well. And the more you can have open conversations, the better you're going to be able to to deal with the hiccups along the road, right? Hey, I didn't plan this, but now here we are. And this is what we're going to do moving forward. You can be honest if you've made a mistake or something's happened and that we can manage our way through that, but also that you can get a good read on them to help deal with things early rather than when they get more difficult. We all know that the more tired we get, the more hangry we get, the, the more difficult issues can be. So if you can see that your teen is getting tired, you can get them extra water, making sure that they're not getting enough sleep. We're going to have a conversation about how we can ensure that they're taking care of themselves so that you can stave off some of those hard things. We've seen lots of people already talking about making sure they're drinking lots of water, mm-hmm. right? We're on top of those things communication can really help navigate all those bumps in the road. So reach out to us if there's anything that we can do to help you along the way. So a couple of questions for you in closing. First, have you downloaded and gotten signed the medical liability release form and the medical information form and have copies to carry with you on your event? Another question is, have you programmed the gathering helpline number into your phone contacts, as well as I would do the George R. Brown emergency number as well? And then finally, how are you building those communications between you and your teenagers, your other adult leaders and their parents so that we can navigate through any bumps along the way? We will continue to keep you in our prayers as you plan for all the different uh things that can go right and the things that can go wrong at the gathering, knowing that God is in all things with us through this event. Tentacles Podcast is a production of LCMS Youth Ministry and KFUO Radio. To find out more about LCMS Youth Ministry or to find links to resources mentioned, go to kfuo.org slash youth ministry. Thank you for listening and caring for the young people of our church.